My name is Christian. And I'm Rob. And this is Faith 168. There are 168 hours in every week. And in those 168 hours, we need Jesus to make it through. So join us every week as we share devotions, talk about standing boldly in the Word of God, and answer tough questions submitted by you, our listeners. Welcome Welcome to to Faith 168. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, we want to thank you for joining us on the Faith 168 podcast. This is Brother Rob, and I'm here with my co-host, Christian. How are you doing today, brother? Hey, brother. I'm doing great. It's good to be back and recording another episode with you. Uh, I know we've both been pretty busy. We've had a lot of life changes recently, and yours are probably keeping you a, a little bit busier than mine. you got a third kid, you are working a, a new job, or it's somewhat new. It's it's You're getting into it now, but... Uh, and, and also pastoring a new church and on top of that, going to school. So that's, that's a lot of work to go through. How's that going? Yeah, it's going great. I'm enjoying, um, everything that I'm doing. God is, is definitely blessed. I, I do feel like, um, everything that I'm doing, God has called me to, um, but even though uh, I feel called and even though I, I'm definitely uh, feel like I'm where I need to be and uh, it's tough. It, it is definitely, um, I'll just put it this way, going from uh, the full-time pastorate, which is um, difficult for many reasons from the um, the calls, the, uh, the text messages, the hospital visits, all of, all of those things, um, preparing for messages, that, that kind of stuff, um, to bivocational ministry, um, isn't really much of a transition. Um, it feels like bivocational ministry is, is just as intense as full-time ministry. And, uh, then like you said, I'm, I'm teaching now and I'm loving it. And, um, I'm learning a lot of, about it and how to um, to lead the students, um, not just into the material that that I'm supposed to to walk them through and teach them, but also um, showing godly principles and and love and mercy and grace in a way that. Um, is increasingly more difficult as uh, our world is becoming more secular, um, yeah. especially in the, the public sphere. And um, like you said, I'm right in the middle of my master's program. I uh, have about six more classes for my master's. And luckily, I'll be, I'll be done in August. And, and I'm excited to, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm enjoying the learning, but at the same time, it's uh, I'm ready for it to that part to be over. And, oh yeah, I'm sure. And so, I am. Um, we're we're making a transition, of course, and this, right. this transition, unfortunately, has um, has pulled me in so many different directions that 
you and I have have talked about uh, me taking somewhat of a, if you want to call it a, a sabbatical from the podcast right. for uh, a few months. Just uh, I don't feel like I'm, I'm given. I'm able to give this my best, and I believe that this is really important, and and I love what God has led us to do, um, and so I want to uh, to let go of the reins a little bit, give give you a little bit more responsibility for a few months, and uh, the good news is is that you're not going to be alone uh, through this, and and I just want to say thank you, brother, for. Uh, for picking up where where I'm slacking, um, any time in the past uh, few months that we haven't had a podcast that come out uh, that's come out on Friday, it's it's been my fault, uh, and and I wanted to um, to to do better, and so in order for me to do better, I'm I'm going to have to step away for just a little bit, uh, but I'm I'm going to be so excited to get back with you in August yeah. and uh, to get hit the gro- ground running and, and do mm-hmm. some some really cool stuff. Uh, but do you want to talk to us uh, about um, what's going on while I'm gone? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, looking at everything you got going on, I, I know you're talking about bivocational being uh, just as, is time consuming, but you know, you, you're taking a, a bivocational, you're not working a, another part-time job along with ministry. You're working a full-time job and you know right. that you're you're actually when you look at the list of those things that i just mentioned that you're doing those are the four top time consuming things right. in a person's life yeah. <laughs> and so it, i think we kind of switched the places though i think your list is still a little <laughs> bit higher because i went from having all of these different titles and responsibilities and in my yeah. life changes the biggest time-consuming thing was the the moving part and I'm finally moved and now I can sit down and take a breath and then you yeah. went from being able to focus in one area to now you have four huge areas <laughs> in your life that you have to focus on but though you're you're taking a break I'm thankful uh for and excited to introduce a new uh person well he's not, he's not really new uh right but he's he's going to be new in the sense that he's a new co-host for the time right. and brother Rob's absence. And that's brother Brian, uh, Brandon Bramlett. Uh, he's authored a couple books and he's mentioned those while appearing as a guest on the podcast. And he pastors Locust Grove Baptist church in Murray, Kentucky. He's a really good friend of both yeah. brother Rob and mine. And, and so I'm looking forward to getting to co-host with him for a little while and uh, I'm also looking forward to the time that you brother Rob can get back to yeah. this uh, you know this has been something we talked about for a long time before uh, starting this and I completely understand you got you got a lot on your plate man and you got to focus on those things for uh, your betterment uh, your family's betterment and the betterment of the ministries that you're involved yeah. with and that's completely understandable and completely necessary too but though we have some of these changes coming up let's not get off focus of what this podcast is all about uh, and his brother brandon and i will continue on in the same understanding as brother rob and i have been presenting since day one it's all about living faithfully for christ 168 hours a week 
And so yeah. let's continue on and, and just jump into the topic today. So what's our topic tonight, Brother Rob? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what better topic is there than, than Christmas? And uh, of course, we know that uh, just a, a couple days we'll be celebrating the, the birth of Christ as we give gifts um, that are, are simply a, a picture or a shadow of, of the true gift. And that was that uh, God himself came down from heaven. He left his throne. Uh, Philippians says that he emptied himself um, and, and humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. And so what we celebrate in Christmas uh, is the fact that um, that the God of the universe stepped down and he stepped down for a purpose. Uh, he emptied himself for a purpose. That purpose was to um, to live a life that, that we couldn't live in order to give us um, eternal life that we don't deserve. And, and so we're going to talk about um, about Christmas. We're going to talk about specifically Jesus coming as God in the flesh. So let's read the great Christmas scripture um, and let's dig in. Uh, so I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 1. Uh, starting in verse 18 and going through verse 25. So the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had uh, considered the things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what, the, what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until after she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Isn't it just amazing? Amazing that... Um, that 2,000 years later, we're still celebrating the birth uh, of yes. Jesus. But the reason we celebrate it isn't just because that there was a birth. Or, uh, it wasn't the birth of a prophet. It wasn't the, uh, the birth of an earthly king. It wasn't the, the birth of uh, some religious leader. Uh, it wasn't the, the birth of someone who would start a new religion. Uh, the birth was the birth of the God of the universe. Uh, I love Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Uh, it starts off by saying, um, Unto us a, a child is born, unto us a son is given. And it has to say it both ways because it tells us who this child is going to be. Uh, a child is going to be born. That's that's the flesh. So a, a child is, is born... So Jesus is going to take on flesh. He's going to, uh, although he's born of a virgin and doesn't have the seed of man, uh, because the seed of man carries with it the um, sin, uh, as we see in, in Romans 
and I think you might hit up on that a, a little bit later. Uh, but we're we're looking at a, a child, uh, but it's a, a special child. Why is it a special child? Because a son is given. You see, we know uh, God as um, as one God, and that's what the Israelites would say. They would use the Shema mm-hmm. um, from Deuteronomy chapter six: "The Lord, uh, Hero Israel, the Lord is one." Yes. Um, and uh, and so what we see is that there's one God. Uh, and then one Lord. Uh, Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians that um, there's one God and, and Father of all, and he's the creator of all things, and, and one Lord, that is Jesus Christ. Um, it's a, a perfect example of, of who Jesus is. He is the Son of God, the third member of, of the Trinity. Um, and, and basically, my understanding or, or my explanation of the Trinity is um the one God of the universe has, has chosen to reveal himself to us in three unique uh, special ways. That is the Father, the Son, and the, the, the Holy Spirit. Now, he reveals himself in many other ways. Uh, we see different uh, places where he appears as um, the angel of the Lord. We see places in Scripture where he is a, a cloud of uh, a, a cloud. Uh, by day and a pillar of fire by night in the, in the wilderness. We see uh, Jesus is, is called the, the rock um, that, that Moses hits, that the water comes out. And, um, and so we see God appearing in many different ways throughout Scripture, but uh, specifically he shows himself to be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 goes on to say, um, the government will be upon his shoulders and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So we have um, the Wonderful Counselor is a name for the Holy Spirit, but that's also Jesus' name. Mighty God, that's all three of them. Then you have um, Everlasting Father, that's the name of the Father, but it also applies to Jesus. And then you have the Prince of Peace, which is is Jesus himself. And um, Jesus takes on all those titles uh, because he is God um, in the flesh. Brother, uh, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? And then I think you've got some more scripture for us. Yeah, I've, actually, I'll just, I'll just kind of jump into the scripture of this. Uh, awesome. Because uh, when, when we think about the, the birth of Jesus, as you said, this was not just, you know, some mere person, a, a birth of some earthly ruler, but this is God stepping down into the flesh. And I just like to look at John chapter one, verse 14 through 18. And he writes, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory. The glory is the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, this was the one whom I said, the one coming after me, ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. No, uh, The one and only Son, who is, listen to this, himself God and is at the Father's side, he has revealed him. I think we see a lot of things through Scripture that we have to understand and, and take in, into 
some type of understanding to grow in our faith. And this one thing in scripture that we have to understand is that Jesus is God, the creator. Uh, when we jump up a little bit, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. Uh, the right. word was God and all things were created through him. I'm sure that you're probably going to bring up something out of Colossians that kind of yeah. uh, goes with that as well. But God came into this world in the person of Jesus. He was fully man and fully God. In his humanity, we see that he's tempted because the father can't be tempted. So he had to be man in this respect. But in his godliness, Jesus overcame temptation. You see, he lived the perfect life that we could not. He died the death that we deserved. And that's where we see humanity shown again in the fact that he died. Uh, his flesh was torn apart and sacrificed on our behalf. Yeah. And he rose from the grave to promise us new life. And we see that his godliness is shown in that respect as well, because how many people do you know die and then come back to life of their own means? I mean, even the people in scripture, they were brought back to life by the means of God, by the means of Jesus, you know, Jesus calling Lazarus out of the grave. Uh, other prophets uh, sought the power and the will of God uh, to, to bring these people back to life. So we see this godliness shown again, but why, why did God lower himself into the weakness of the flesh and dwell with humanity? And, and the answer is simple, but it's profound in its implications as well. It's simply because he loves us and he wanted to clean up the mess that we made, this mess of sin. Uh, and, and we look back at the Garden of Eden and the sin of Adam, and we like to kind of be harsh towards Adam. But the truth is that if any one of us were put in Adam's place, that we would commit the exact same sin. We would rebel against God. But let's look at what the author of Hebrews wrote concerning Jesus and why he came in the weakness of the flesh. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 through 18, it says, Now since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these, so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by fear of death. For it is clear that he does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's offspring. Therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way, so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God, to make atonement for the sins of the people. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. And again, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in 
time of need. And so to simply put this, man made the mess. We sinned and fell short of the glory of God, and man had to clean the mess up. Unfortunately, no man that walked this earth, Moses couldn't do it, Abraham couldn't do it, Joshua couldn't do it. We see this long list of people throughout history, the history of the Bible, that were upstanding people, that were heroes of the faith. But even those upstanding heroes of the faith, like people like David who who killed Goliath with nothing but a sling and a stone, they could not uphold God's holy standards. They could not lead the people into righteousness. So what had to happen was God became man. Man made the mess. Man had to clean up the mess. Man couldn't clean up the mess. So God, the only one who could do it, became man so he could clean up our mess. And we see this understanding in Romans chapter 5. And this is, this is a long passage here, but I think we need to read it in its entirety. But verse 12 through, through 21, and just listen to this and, and take this in and let the Spirit speak to you and, and help you understand this as, as I read this. But it says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death spread to all people because all sinned. In fact, Sin was in the world before the law, but sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgression. He is a type of the coming one. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if by one man's trespass the many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to the many. And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came the judgment, resulting in condemnation. But from many trespasses came the gift, resulting in justification. If by one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life? through the one man, Jesus Christ. So then, as though one trespass, through one trespass there is condemnation for everyone, so also through one righteous act, this is a part to underline, through one righteous act there is justification leading to life for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so also through one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. The law came along to multiply the trespass, but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so when we celebrate this Christmas season, a big thing we need to remember is that Jesus was born into this world, God in the flesh, for a purpose. He was born to die. He was born to make right mankind's mistake. He didn't walk among us as the father figure, the overseer. He walked among us 
in the flesh as one of our kinsmen, as one of our brothers. And that's what we were looking at when we were reading in Hebrews chapter 2, that, that we are like his brothers and sisters in the respect that we have flesh and blood. And he came in flesh and blood. And he, he did these things for us. He lived the life that we couldn't. He took mm -hmm. the death that we deserved. And he rose from the dead to bring us new life, to give us the promise and the hope of eternal life in him. And so when we celebrate this season, when we celebrate the birth of Christ, we have to take into the, the whole understanding that Jesus was born so that he could die for you, so that he could clean up your mess and make sure. you right before God. What do you have to say about that, Brother Rob? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. Um, there, there's so much in that that uh, the pastor in me just wants to to, to break up and, and to, to share. One thing that I, I love about it is the word justification. Mm -hmm. uh, this this word, um, you can go deep theologically in, in discovering the word, but simply put, in, in layman's term, I can't remember who who originally told me this, but justification uh, is simply uh, being made just as if you had never sinned. And so what Jesus did, he was born to die and through his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and sending of his Holy Spirit, um, he made it. If, if I trust in him and have faith in him, then when God the Father looks at me, he sees the righteousness of his son. He, he doesn't see my sin because when Jesus was on the cross, he didn't see his son. He saw me. Um, yes. and, and so Jesus fully paid for my sin so that I could fully have his righteousness. Mm -hmm. And that, that justification is for the believer is past tense. It's already happened. Right. Uh, we don't have to worry about when it'll happen or if it'll happen or if it, it might happen. It's already happened. If, if you believe in Jesus and have the gift of his Holy Spirit, you have been justified past tense. And every time God looks at you, he sees the righteousness of his son. Uh, and, and so that that's beautiful. I, I also love the, the idea that Paul points out that that Jesus died to take away the the reign and the rule of Satan mm -hmm. and the dominion of darkness. Um, now, was Jesus ever out of control, or was the Father ever out of control of what happened on Earth? Absolutely not. However, He gave control over to man through giving Him dominion over the Earth. When, when when man sinned, they gave that dominion over to Satan. And so Jesus comes as, as the, the, the perfect sacrifice, that, that perfect lamb uh, that was foreshadowed by um, the Day of Atonement, when the, the lamb that was slain uh, and the blood put over the doorpost so the, the angel of death would, would pass over it. Uh, and so we, we see that that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of these things. And, and he came to take the power. Um, and, and we see Matthew chapter 28, um, all, all 
power uh, and, and dominion and authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. Uh, and so it's all Jesus's. He came to take it back and to give us life. I love what Colossians, and, and you mentioned this, chapter 1 has to say, and this is talking about Jesus. I'll go up to starting in verse 13. It says, um, He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. So if you want to see the Father, who do you look at? Jesus, yeah. the firstborn over all creation. Now, this doesn't mean that, that Jesus had a beginning. Uh, this is simply saying that he has uh, authority over all creation. The firstborn in the Hebrew culture uh, would get um, a double inheritance. He would have all the power and authority over his father's house if his father was to die. Uh, and so this firstborn was not a a time thing, but it was a power thing. And so he's, he's showing that Jesus has the power over it all for everything was created by him. So Jesus is the creator, just like you said in heaven and on earth, the visible, the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Uh, there, and that's what John chapter one says. There's not anything that was made that wasn't made by him. Uh, Verse 17, he is before all things and by him all things hold together. The reason that you're able to to listen to this podcast uh, through all the way uh, until the end is because Jesus is maintaining the order of the universe. Uh, He's maintaining everything that's going on. He's giving you your next breath uh, and it's all held together by his hand. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Um, we see in, in Matthew that when Jesus comes up, when he's brought out of the grave, um, when, he's, when he's risen from the dead, there are other saints that rise with him, but he comes first. There's also a time where the dead in Christ will rise, and then anybody who's left on earth will remain uh, and remain will be caught up with him. But Jesus was the first one, and it's because He was raised from the dead that we also will be raised one day so that he might have uh, first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Jesus. So let me ask you a question, Brother Christian. How much of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus bodily? The fullness of the The Godhead, yes. The fullness. Isn't that that just amazing? that the God of heaven cared so much about us that he left his throne. Now, God is omnipresent, and um, his presence is something that our minds just can't wrap itself around. Right. But still and yet, he emptied himself of his glory. And in the flesh, you see, in heaven, there are 10,000 times 10,000 angels that, that do... That, that make sure that the Father has everything that he needs, that every uh, ev- everything goes exactly how he wants it. And they don't have to because God has the power in his words to do whatever, to create whatever he needs. But they're still there. 
Jesus left that. Now, the angel still would have come if he asked him to, but the thing is he emptied himself for us, and he didn't call down the angels when he was on the cross. Um, and, and he did it for one reason, and this is amazing here in verse 20, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. We see that, that Jesus, the God of the universe, was born. Now, there are, are many different ideas to, to when Jesus might have been born, and many different things like that. Um, the, the, there is a, a logical explanation for why we celebrate the 25th. It was nine months after one of the Jewish holidays in, in which um, we see that um, Zechariah, uh, or it was actually more than nine months because when Zechariah was, was at the temple, he was uh, performing his duty, duties for a, a specific um, Jewish holiday. And then John, he had John, and then John uh, was the older cousin of Jesus. And so they did the math, and you have to understand the, the Hebrew calendar uh, in a way that I don't in order to get to December 25th. But the day doesn't really matter. What, what matters most is that we celebrate the fact that, that, that the God of the universe came down. I, I want to help you to, to see this. And so we've talked about it theologically, but I want to I help you to be able to picture what this means. First, uh, I want to go to Isaiah chapter 61. Uh, Jesus quotes this while, while he's uh, starting his ministry. This is what Jesus came to do, and then I want to, to help you with your mind's eye get a, a picture of this, and then I'll, I'll give you a little bit of time to uh, react and close us out, brother. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, the, the Word of God says, The Spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has a, uh, anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, uh, to provide for those who mourn in Zion and to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festival instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair. And they will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord to glorify him. And so Jesus came to preach the good news. He came to um, to to save um, those who needed saving. He came to set free those in, cap in captivity and, and prisoners. And as you read in Romans, we were all held in captivity to sin as, as uh, children of, of Satan and the dominion of, of darkness. But Jesus has brought us into a marvelous light and given us true freedom and liber liberty. And, uh, and this, is, this is where I wanted to go with this. Revelation chapter 5. And if, if you're listening to this and you're not driving or operating heavy machinery or um, doing anything that's important to, to have your op eyes open for, I want you to close your eyes for a minute and, and just see this. Use your imagination to, to see what John saw. And so this is, is John caught up into heaven. He's at the throne of God, and this is what he sees. 
verse uh, verse one of chapter five. Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides, sealed with seven seals. I also saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud vo- voice, "Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seal?" But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even look in it. I wept and wept because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or even to look in it. This is uh, to help you visualize this. John is, is looking at the throne with the Ancient of Days on it. That is God Most High. He's looking at, at, at God and in God's hand. Um, there's a, a scroll, and this scroll uh, is obviously very important. It's important because um, it's the salvation that Jesus brought. It's the salvation that, um, that enables the righteousness of God's people. But the problem is, is, is just like Brother Christian was saying, that nobody is worthy to bring salvation. Nobody that, that has ever walked this earth uh, born of the seed of men um, has ever been able to, to, to keep God's law or live a perfect life. And so when John looks at the scroll, he knows the importance and the weight of this scroll and that unless it's open, that there's no hope for him, there's no hope for humanity. And so he's looking at a, a scroll and even though he doesn't know what it says, there's writing all over it. And he knows that this scroll has to be open. The number seven here, seven seals, um, is the number of perfection. It, it's the number of completion. Uh, and so this seal, the, this document, this scroll is, is sealed up and it's in the hand of the Father. But nobody can open it. But then... Verse 5, then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And so what you hear as you have your eyes closed and you're you're imagining this, you hear uh, the roar of a mighty lion. You hear the power and the authority that that lion uh, is is exclaiming with every roar. You, you hear this uh, the 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 thunder of of the radiance of the glory of, of this lion of the tribe of, of Judah. You you see the importance of him, but then when you look at the throne, because the lion is in the middle of the throne, and who's seated on the throne? The Father. Mm-hmm. Verse 6 says, Then I saw one like a slaughtered lamb standing in the midst of the throne, and the four living creatures and among the elders. So in the middle of the throne, you're hearing a lion roaring with with the radiance of, of thunderous glory. But when you look, you see a lamb that has been slaughtered. He's bloody. And still has the scars. This lamb in the middle of the throne is, is, is God himself, Jesus. The lamb that was slain, as John said, before the foundation of the world. The, the, the lamb 
that was coming to sacrifice himself for the sins of the world. He had seven horns and seven eyes. Uh, horns represent power and authority, seven being uh, the number of completion and perfection. Seven eyes, he's able to see everything. He has, has perfect sight and understanding and knowledge, uh, which are the seven spirits of God. Seven again, uh, being perfection and, and whoa. This God is spirit, and, and whose spirit did Jesus have? God's uh, sent into all the earth. Uh, he went and took the scroll out of the right hand of the one seated on the throne. And, and so, and then he goes and he opens, um, opens the scroll, and this is what the angels have to say, going on to, to verse 9. And they sung a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seal because you were slaughtered. Um, and, uh, and you purchase people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign on earth. So, so what is the importance of Christmas? The importance of Christmas is that the, the, the roaring lion of Judah, the rod of Jesse, the Messiah, the Savior, is God in the flesh. He emptied himself of his glory. He emptied himself of, of his authority in, in heaven. And he came and he was tempted. He was beaten. He was mocked. He was rejected. And he did all that because he loved you and he loved me. He finally, he was, he was hung on a tree in which he created he designed. He was buried for three days, but on the third day, he rose to new life to make sure that we could be found righteous before the Father. So why do we celebrate Christmas? What's the importance of Christmas? What's the significance of, of Christmas? God himself left heaven's throne because he loved you and he loved me. Yes. I don't know of a, a king, a president, a, a lord that would lay his life down for um, a few of his best men. But the God of the universe stepped down to save dirty, rotten, filthy, wicked sinners of whom I am, I feel like Paul, one of the chiefs. But he, he did it anyways. He loved me anyways. Mm -hmm. And he calls me his own. I'm his child. And now I stand justified before the Father. Uh, Brother Christian, you want to add on to that and, and close us out? Yeah, I think it's important to understand this point, too, is that he did not have to do that. No, he didn't have to. Yeah, and we we know that God is loving and just, and in His justice, though, in in His authority and in keeping with His word, He would have been completely right in doing so, and uh, in, in wiping out the world and. That's leaving right. the world in its mess and letting us walk this road of condemnation and destruction. 
but I think the passage that goes best with this is the Baptist national anthem uh, yeah. that, that everybody knows, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God right. loved you, and therefore he saved you. He didn't have to. You see, God does not need us. We need God. And he came into this world and dwelt among us in the flesh because he loves us and he wants a relationship with us. Today, if you're listening to this podcast and you have not put your faith in Christ, God is calling on you. He wants a relationship with you. He was born into this world in the weakness of flesh. He lived the life that you could not. He took on the death that you deserved. He rose from the grave to promise you new life. He wants a relationship with you today. If you don't have a relationship with him, I invite you to put your faith in Jesus Christ, the only begotten son, God in the flesh. If you want to know more about what it means to become a Christian, to become a follower of Christ, I encourage you to message us on the Faith 168 podcast Facebook page. We'd love to talk to you a little bit more about what it yes. means to follow Christ here in this world and to experience Christmas the way it was meant to, to, yeah. to worship and celebrate the birth of our Savior. You're missing out on a lot of Christmas this year if you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ. But I want to thank you all for joining us on the Faith 168 podcast. We want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. And as always, it was a pleasure to record another episode with you, Brother Rob. Uh, I look forward to the time that you return and that we get the fellowship once more and we get to record these podcasts together once again. Uh, I know you've got a lot on your plate. I know I'll still keep up with you and still talk to you and see you throughout these these months but i know i can speak on behalf of all of the faith 168 family that we will miss your presence and we look forward to that but i also look forward to getting to uh, record with brother brandon and and to co-host with him and so I just want to encourage everyone that's listening out there as we continue on, live out your faith 168 hours a week. And we will see you next week. Not Brother Rob, but, you know, Brother Brandon and I will see you next week on Faith 168. And so, Brother Rob, since we're not going to hear your voice for just a little bit, why don't you dismiss us in prayer? Absolutely. If you would, uh, and are able bow with me please father we thank you so much for uh this this opportunity once again to uh to join with brothers and, and sisters to to talk about your word and uh to uh, talk about an important and precious uh and, and precious issues of um of the faith god we just thank you for your love and, and care and concern for us god um the fact that that you, the, the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the one who's sustaining everything in the universe, would care so much about me that you would um, come, to an, uh, come to the earth you created, yet 
did not receive you. The fact that you were born in a, a barn and the, the fact that um, the, the people you came to save rejected you and mocked you and beat you and, and killed you. And you suffered all that, even saying to the Father, uh, if, it, if, it's, if there's any way, if, it, if, it's, if there's any way possible, um, take this cup from me, but not my will, your will. You, you suffered the, the cup of, of the wrath of God for me. And for everybody that's listening to this podcast, God, uh, we just say thank you for it. God, thank you for um, the, the true meaning and significance of your birth that was prophesied that um, the, the, the birth that, that showed us how much you cared. So we, we say thank you for that. God, we pray that you would help us and encourage us and give us the strength and the boldness to walk 168 hours of every week in faithfulness to you, in service to you, and in love with our brothers and sisters serving your kingdom, seeing so saved and lives changed by your gospel. We thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Every week has its trials and tribulations, and we want to encourage you to seek Christ during those times. We want to pray for you during those times. So look us up on Facebook by typing in Faith 168 Podcast and send us a message. It can be a prayer request, or maybe you want us to answer a question that you've been contemplating. Just send us a message. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we will see you again in 168 hours.